Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Otherland podcast, episode 12. My name is Leila. I will be your host. Today, we are receiving Michael Amar. Thank you for joining, Michael. Thank you for having me. So Michael is French. I am French, too. We both have an accent, so be ready, guys. Tell me more about your background, Michael. Yeah, so I was born with the internet. I, I launched my first company back in 94 in Paris, trying to build websites. That was a quite a hard task at the time. I had to convince people to go online. And the biggest brands say that it will never go anywhere. So been there, done that for a few years. Then I've launched an uh, ad network. Uh, I was actually buying the inventory from the major news media in the uh, in the US and buying the IPs that were not coming from the US to resell it to the local communities and local markets. Um, that was quite successful. And we then opened an online media buying agency. Um, I sold the three companies together back in 2007 to a French public company. They had an office for R&D in Palo Alto. So I was there for initially one year to help them out, but actually, uh, uh, you know, I was in love with the area, with Silicon Valley, and with everything that, that comes with it. So I've stayed over 10 years there. I've actually launched a company called I Feel Goods. That, uh, funny thing is that we worked with Facebook at the time when they have launched their, I would say, token. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2009, they created the token, which was called Facebook Credit. It was basically a currency that allowed you to play into Zynga games and to watch movies. Netflix wasn't really there yet. And we had a direct API and exclusive API access to Facebook. So we were able to offer those tokens as an incentive for people to purchase any action. So we did hundreds of campaigns with, you know, Walmart. It was like buy at walmart.com and get free Facebook credits or do a check-in at the Gap store, get free Facebook credits. So it's very similar to the digital currencies um, with the blockchain technology, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, yeah. So the, the company did amazing for its first year. And then we yeah. received a, a letter uh, that said that Mark Zuckerberg doesn't actually believe in virtual currencies oh. and that they're going to shut down the API 30 days later. And it was a roller coaster. We had to pivot. A oh. few times. I don't even remember how many, uh, but we became a digital platform for institutionalization, reward and loyalty, and mostly with digital content or gift cards. It's a pretty large company today, and uh, we are one of the biggest players in Europe. Um, I've moved uh, back to France in 2017, and uh, my journey to crypto began in parallel with I Feel Goods. I've actually launched an accelerator. It's called Chain Accelerator. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually based at Station F. So Station F, for those of you who have not heard of it or have not visited it, because I am joining you to, to do so, is the largest thing better in the world that work uh, around Station F. So it's a massive former train station that had been rehabilitated by the French billionaire Xavier Niel. So you collaborate with him? Oh, I'm just helping them on the selection board for um, the startups, but I've actually Mm -hmm. run a program myself where we hosted 40 startups um, uh, back in 2017, where we actually helped the startups, you know, do the business plan, go to market, um, PR, and everything you can think of. We did this for a couple of years, including consulting for large blockchain companies that wanted to have more go-to-market, clearer go-to-market strategies in uh, in Europe. And we sold the company last year to a, to a consulting company. The world's largest startup in the world is French, correct? Yeah, incubator. Incubator. Yeah. One of the startups did pretty well. Um, I know that Ubisoft Entrepreneur Lab is also part of the Station F and they created 
Axie Infinity. So I, I'm very impressed by that because uh, Axie Infinity do really well. It's a game. So yeah, yeah, they have some very successful startups like Zenly mm -hmm. uh, was also hosted there. And you have programs. So I mean, like Facebook or Microsoft or yeah, Ubisoft, um, Zendesk, a lot of major startups um, have built uh, incubators locally inside StationNet. That's cool for French government and <laughs> French culture yeah. too. I'm going to jump back on what you said. So you are really early in the internet. I know that in France, I don't know for my audiences, they may not know about it. Um, in France, we, we had the Minitel before. That's why we get late into the internet. So it takes so why? Because the government was developing its own internet with the Minitel. Have you developed anything on the Minitel? I actually started because I launched my first company back when I was in first year of business school. But what put me to it is that when you arrive at a school, you had to find a project besides the studies. And I didn't know what to do when we found in the kind of the graveyard of the school a formal Minitel and uh, infrastructure and so we revamped it we cleaned things and we've launched uh, the minitel with the results of the um the test where you could find also it was not tinder but it was kind of a forum um and we were also giving information about the school life and everything and actually it, it went super well we were able to hire like five six students very fast and we we're kind of the king of the school with this and basically the head of the school came back from new york in 94 and tell, told us forget about minitel i want to be the first business school to have my website so here's an engineer boom take him here's the silicon graphics he's going to develop on this and you have to build a website so we did it it was fun we got out of pr and then we thought okay we can build a company <laughs> you know you're young you're very yes, ambitious yeah. and adventurous yes and that's a good story do you know that there were like um, a rumor saying that steve jobs came to france saw a minitel and came back and made his first mac macintosh was made because the shape of the minitel and the shape of the mac first mac yeah, look, look alike and he went to france he went to france and see one before so yes it's um it's one of the rumors of the internet. It's not something confirmed. Macart Cadeau, it's a website yeah. where it's a gift card website. What, what is your strategy with that? So I think this is B2B business, right? So we help businesses to incentivize their employees or their work for, you know, or their partners or channel partnerships. But we realized um, one of our providers was actually mycartcadeau.com, which is like mygiftcardmall.com in the US. And we realized that the orders that we're getting sometimes were above a thousand euro. And we were kind of telling the guy, man, if you have a thousand euro order, it's not, uh, you know, Mrs. Joe, it's, it's a company. And that was true. And we realized that uh, if we acquire this company, it could be a huge lead generation for us because we could transform those companies that were just buying, you know, on and off thousand euros into a much larger uh, client with API connections or enterprise solutions that we have. So we acquired this company four years ago. And uh, actually, we did 10x on revenues since the acquisition. So we're pretty happy. And the growth strategy worked. We were able to transform a lot of the clients into uh, B2B clients. That, that's impressive. 10x is very impressive. When I saw that you were related to my card cadeau, I was thinking, oh, you may offer crypto maybe a day as a, as, as a card cadeau. I don't know. Is it as an incentive, yeah. The only thing is that um, price is not really fixed. So you, sh you should always put a correlation. I should give you, for example, 10 euro worth of Bitcoin. Okay, I cannot uh, give you 0 0.0010 Bitcoin because uh, 
it's you know it's not a fixed price it's dynamic so there's some issues around it can maybe do it only with stable coin yeah stable coin can right. be some story yeah usdt or can be a first step for sure yeah. good idea usdt card people are kind of scared right now to put their credit card on swap or um, i know we have many many ways to buy crypto but sometimes having this first step like securing oh i offer you like 100 USDT, and you can buy anything with that. It can be a first step to invest. I like it. Yeah, for the crypto curious, all this audience of crypto around the world, a million of people hold wallets. Um, but you have many people, many people be curious and want to know more, but it's not, it's not yet, I would say, accessible. The pedagogy behind crypto is not yet uh, very uh, easy to understand. The token you talk in the beginning, Zuckerberg token. So, yeah. you saw, you, uh, yeah. yes, you see now he tried to have his own token. So it's kind of funny because you are very early in this. How did you react to that when you saw that Facebook wanted to launch his own token on Zuckerberg investing in cryptocurrency too? So I, I know David Marcus pretty well uh, from my days back in, in the Silicon Valley. So um, I really appreciate all the hard work he's doing because he's like of, you know, fighting against everyone, but for all of us, kind of, whatever we think of, of Facebook. I mean, uh, his initiative um, with, you know, bringing crypto to the masses, giving a chance to the unbanked. I think it's great. And the fight that he's doing helps the whole community so i think it's exciting because you know there is like i, I was reading yesterday there's for nfts there's only like hundred and seventy-five thousand crypto wallets and like you and me perhaps we have four let's say on average there is so there is two per person which means there's not even a hundred thousand that's nothing that's like that's like two you know a block or two in new york so <laughs> so that, that's nothing so we need a facebook to uh, bring it to the masses right to all instagram users or whatsapp users if you want digital money to be uh, mainstream and the cashless society we need the big players to move in otherwise it could take for ages that's yeah, that's true that's true maybe you can uh, use the email you receive from Zuckerberg didn't believing in cryptocurrency as an NFT and set it, like frame it somewhere. <laughs> you take the email, yeah. you frame it, you sell it yeah. as an NFT. I, I will buy it <laughs> because so it's yes. back to end of 2010 or early 2011. I need to, to find it, yeah. To be a good NFT to sell. About NFTs, as you know, Overline is opening an NFT museum in New York City. What is your thought about NFT? I know many people think it's not something sustainable, it's not art, or the audience so, is very mitigated about it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm obviously biased because for me, it's kind of the conclusion of everything I've done online, right? Um, digital currency, instant deposit, rewarding people per usage, community. I just, I mean, it's, it's me, it's, it's everything that I've been thinking of for all my career. So it's really kind of uh, accomplishing a kind of a vision that I had many times. Uh, when I, we did this Facebook credit thing, we did those campaigns where we were giving you the reward immediately, right? So we, you, did, you did the action, you did the check-in, and then you path on your, you got a notification on your Facebook logo that was a, a yellow dot, a red dot saying, hey, you got your credits. So people did the action, path, they get rewarded, them, they, they can enjoy it right away. And I saw the interaction and the click-through rates and the conversion rates with A-B testing with, oh, you will get your gift card by mail. 
or you get instant gratification. We've did studies on this and white papers, and it's been amazing in terms of interactions. People want everything right now. And they, it, we need to have API everywhere. Anything, everything, and the, including the money, needs to be available in your MailChimp, in your Zendesk, in your Slack, in your whatever tool you're using. So NFTs per se, there's so many applications, right? And the art, what I love is that you can bypass the galleries. I mean, the guy, I, I like the incumbent, right? The, the small guy in Africa doesn't stand a chance to be, uh, you know, discovered by a gallery. He doesn't have a chance. On OpenSea, he can, he can push it and we'll see what happens. And it's not 50% commission, it's 15% commission. And he gets royalty all his life. That's amazing. It changes the world. Um, it, it's, it's more democratic for me. Um, if you talk about another very successful French company, we can talk about Sorare. So, oh, so yes, you know, yes. it's the soccer kind of the Panini uh, in digital slash NFT version. I love it. I mean, the execution is amazing. You're a collector. It's dynamic because the value augments. You know, every weekend there is a game based on real stats from the players from that weekend's game. And then you improve your value. You can do the exchanges. Uh, it's gamified. Um, then I also think when I see my, you know, people playing games, sometimes you throw money out the windows, right? Because you buy the sword and then you never use it again. Or you use it only once uh, every couple of months. Why not lend it or resell it, right? There's an economy around it that should be known. It also should uh, allow the user to own the game, right? So, if, I mean, the, the notion of DAO, the notion of... Uh, um, I participated in the committee, I participated in the value, so I should get rewarded for it. Yes, yes, I, I totally agree with you, Michael. I'm a big advocate of NFTs, and NFTs are being welcomed as the digital solution to collectibles, similar to how Bitcoin was heralded as digital answer to currency, but many skeptics believe they are a bubble ready to explode. I don't know if you remember or call it back, but... NFT, the first time NFT was used was in 2014 when Anil Dash, a software entrepreneur, and Kevin McCoy, a digital artist, created Quantum, a color-changing pixelated octagon. The first fully-fledged NFT project was created and presented at DEFCON 1 just three months after the Ethereum blockchain was founded. I see a funny application for NFTs, Michael. Uh, a school, for example, may give an NFT to a student who have completed a degree, allowing employers to quickly validate an applicant education. So there's no doubt that non-fungible tokens are a completely new type of digital asset. On one hand, you have so many striking highlights in the form of a million-dollar NFT auction, while on the other hand, you have one third of NFTs selling for less than $100. Therefore, it's reasonable to wonder about the possible factors which drive value of NFTs. And the answer is clearly evident in the benefit of NFTs. And I saw also that you are the co-founder of an event named Paris Summit. Can you tell yeah. me more about it? So it's, it's a Paris Blockchain Week Summit. So we mm -hmm. had our first edition in 2019. And the idea was that when I was talking to the largest players worldwide, whether in Asia or US, 
And I was saying to them about, hey, you should open offices in France and we can help you and blah, blah, blah. I mean, come on, Michael, we're not here to buy baguettes. Uh, we're, we're playing in the big <laughs> league and, and French, you don't know anything about crypto and so on. It was kind of frustrating because when you get this call one, two, three, four times, 10 times, you say, okay, let's do something about it. So we wanted to create a, a, an international conference dedicated to the professionals. So it's not about, you know, what's the purpose of the blockchain? What's the Bitcoin? It's really... Uh, the makers talking to the makers and the doers to, uh, talking to the doers. So it's a very professional event, high end. Uh, we had the you know the, the luxury of having the biggest speakers, like uh, the founders of the largest blockchain companies, the largest um, crypto exchanges. Is um, coming? He's invited. Here we have had an answer yet, but he's definitely invited. Last year we had a CZ, um, Uniasia, so we had really really great people. Uh, over 120 speakers last time, and 70% of them were obviously international. Uh, we already, I mean, almost sold out on our sponsorship after two months. The market is completely crazy. Uh, it's going to be a great event. It's Paris. Um, like, people so want to come to Paris. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be on April 13 and 14th, but it's not official yet. But we're going to actually add another two days that, are, that will be dedicated to um, NFTs. So it's going to be an NFT Paris. That's good. Um, so that will be um, quite a big NFT event too. We're going to do uh, exhibitions of NFTs. We're going to create a piece of art during the day and sell it after. We're going to have uh, NFT swag bags with NFT drops and a lot of animations and the biggest, speak the biggest speakers uh, you know, in the industry are also coming. That sounds good. And just for people to know, in France, we don't say cryptocurrency, we say crypto money. It's very funny because French love to give new names <laughs> to things. So in France, we say crypto money, just for your information. Correct. Correct. <laughs> what did you learn the most by traveling around the world on cryptocurrency? Like, what did impress you? Or... Because I've seen like, you know, every innovation since, since the web was born. So what I like with crypto, it's, it's way more international. But it's not like Silicon Valley only like every other thing since, you know, since uh, 94. So that's cool that innovation comes everywhere and you have very good and talented people everywhere about crypto. That's, that's the first technology, I think, that have this ecosystem so spread out. So that has impressed me uh, to see. Obviously, you, you have hubs, right, in Hong Kong, in, still in Palo Alto and uh, New York, but, but really you have a lot of hotspots in the world. And uh, post-COVID, it's even easier, right? To, everybody's remote. Um, so that, but that is, this is transformative because it will, you know, it will impact other technologies. It's not Silicon Valley only anymore. What I like is it's really international and I like people that have like no background, no tech background. They can make a very good living. I like when I see the articles about um, Indian people that... Uh, can triple their monthly revenues because they are farming the axes and staking axes. And they can triple like, from $200, I think, to $700 per month. And he came from the station F. Are you so funny? I think it's more, much more democratic, um, super international, super fast. It has its own code, right? If you don't have Telegram, if you don't have Discord, you, yes. you're out of the game, right? It's true. So you it's need Telegram crazy. and Discord, for sure. Yeah keeps me young you know i love multitasking and i, I just i just enjoy it. i mean 
I remember a quote from Steve Jobs that says, your work is going to fill a large part of your life. The only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. Which is fun. That the purpose in life is to wake up in a job who is fun every day. You don't have to question yourself if you want to go or not. So we love what we do on how can we make it better is to have a regulation. In the US, we have a lot of questions about regulation, cryptocurrency. I'm sure it's the same case in France. What is regulation looks like in France right now, Michael? So we worked quite a lot with uh, the, like the French SEC and the French Ministry of uh, finance actually we even met them meet the biggest players in the industry back in our first edition of the Paris Blockchain Week Summit in 2019 so they came up with um, a license so if you apply and and uh, to this license and you get it this will allow you to sell to do a platform to sell by cryptocurrencies um, if you're not then you're not allowed to operate in France so now you have the largest players that are applying um it's much slower than what they initially committed right it's always the same they've they thought in three months it would be good sometimes it's taking over nine months or more so that's a little bit painful for some of the people um but there's good intention on that front i that's think they good. gave a hard time for uh, libra slash tm because they think that like most government that money should be a privilege only for I mean, the only moneymaker can be the government, right? So, yes. The VCs, for example, investors, they're not there yet in France. Uh, but crypto, there's only a handful that mm -hmm. can do it uh, in regards to their agreements with the LPs. I think it's going to change. Uh, but when you see Sorare, which is the largest fundraising ever yes. for a French startup with 500 yes. million, then I think it's going to change a lot of the dynamics. It's a big thing for France. France is a very small country, guys. You have to remember that. It's not so big as the US. It's like the size of... California, yeah. Yes, California. So it's pretty impressive for, for the country. And yes, I look forward that France develop more and more aspect on law regulation. And also, maybe why not having degree too? I know some school will have someday some degree uh, with blockchain yeah. and cryptocurrency major. It would be nice. Yeah, I was in talks just before we were on the podcast with someone who wants to open a PhD on DeFi. Um, wow. Up, um... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I <buy>. <laughs> what shocked you the most about the population? Like in France, are people familiar when you say your job? And are they asking the question? Are they getting upset? You mean in France? Yeah, in France. So you have so many people that are questioning me, you know, should I buy Bitcoin or Bitcoin is not good for, for it's not green or you, you still have these, but a lot of people are seeing that a lot of people are making money. So now that a lot of people trying to get in, mm -hmm. I think we still have, it's still complicated, right? We don't have the iPhone of the crypto. You need a wallet, you need to secure it, you need a 2FA or you need a cold wallet. And that's too complicated for most people. Um, so it's it's a barrier to many 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 people. I think now with the ETFs, it's going to change a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but also the tools, the UI, UX. I mean, you go to an exchange for the first time, you kind of can get lost pretty fast. 
also something recently when I went to France, I went to Bordeaux, I saw the contour of crypto money. Like it's a bar yeah. of cryptocurrency. So people show up like a shop and they push us Bitcoin on a basket of cryptocurrency to start investment. So they can start at $100, 2000 Yeah, there was and one in Paris too for a few years to get people, you know, to buy the first time. Yeah, it's kind of funny because it's a decentralized totally platform on his DeFi. Yeah, having this is also helpful for people to educate them on cryptocurrency because it's still scary for some because it's still like underground, dark side. When it's not, people affiliate cryptocurrency with many bad things, with uh, also ransomware. When cryptocurrency, to make it easier, it's just cash on the internet. Do you own crypto, Michael? Uh, you have to try to understand it, right? Yes. When did you know about Bitcoin? I think David Marcus told me about it back in 2014, 2013, 2014, yeah. And the last question, is your summit, this Paris blockchain, will have a coin, will have NFT to sell at the event? Like yeah, a- so we should, so it's, 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 we were building it. There will be different kind of NFTs. There will be NFTs with the speaker faces. Mm-hmm going to do a funny ones and <laughs> um, there will be um, nfts for for the conference that will have special powers in it um that uh, the like the vip tickets and the gold tickets will have uh, access to a special special access yeah i need to, it's a mystery box like i won't reveal, reveal everything uh and then there will be a lot of our friends and partners will also do drops uh during the the conference and before the conference We'd have a Discord soon, so I'll let you know. Let me know. I'm going to send my community and go join you guys. Cool. Look forward. Thank you so much, Michael, for your time. Thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. Thank you, Leila. Look forward to have news from you and see you in Paris next year. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening Overland Podcast. See you soon. See you next week. That was the Overline Podcast. Tune in to listen to us weekly or follow us on Twitter at Overline Network.